Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church here in Spencer, Iowa, and we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri City, coming to you this first Sunday of March, March 7th. As the weather is changing, it is going to be 60 degrees a day, which is, believe it or not, 80 degrees warmer than a few weeks ago. We're glad to have you with us, whether you're from tropical Spencer, Iowa, or from farther away. And this Sunday is the third Sunday in Lent. And in the one-year lectionary, it's also known as Oculi Sunday. Oculi being Latin for eyes. So you could call it Eyes Sunday, because it comes from our introit, where we pray about keeping our eyes on the Lord. And why do we keep our eyes on the Lord? Well, we see in the gospel that all of this that we're facing, whether it's sin and temptation from the world or our flesh or the devil, whether it's difficulty in keeping the fast and prayer and tithing or almsgiving during Lent, what's it all? It's not our battle against the devil. That's what we're seeing. We don't keep our eyes on ourselves as we battle the strong man. Instead, we keep our eyes on the stronger man, because ultimately this is not a battle between us and Satan but Christ and Satan, the stronger man who takes away the weapon of death from Satan as he, as the stronger man dies on the cross. And in so doing, disarms the devil, takes us into his kingdom, and now in his church, he continues to invade the world through his word through his word and sacraments. And so that's what we'll hear today on Oculi Sunday in our gospel lesson. With that, let's go ahead and begin our matin service with the hymn, I Walk in Danger All the Way.
open thou my lips, and my mouth shall shall forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to Thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship Him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. And make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. And he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn unto me and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. O bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon mine affliction and my pain, and forgive all my sins. O keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The Old Testament lesson for this third Sunday in Lent is written in the 26th chapter of the book of the prophet Jeremiah, beginning at the first verse. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, This word came from the Lord. The Lord says, Stand in the court of the Lord's house and speak to all the cities of Judah, which come to worship in the Lord's house, 
all the words that I command you to speak to them. Don't omit a word. It may be they will listen, and every man turn from his evil way, that I may relent from the evil which I intend to do to them because of the evil of their doings. You shall say to them, The Lord says, If you will not listen to me, to walk in my law which I have set before you, to listen to the words of my servants, the prophets, whom I send to you, even rising up early and sending them, but you have not listened. Then I will make this house like Shiloh, and will make this city a curse to all the nations of the earth. The priests and the prophets and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the Lord's house. When Jeremiah had finished speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, the priests and the prophets and all the people seized him, saying, You shall die. Why have you prophesied in the Lord's name, saying, This house will be like Shiloh, and this city will be desolate without inhabitant? All the people were crowded around Jeremiah in the Lord's house. When the princes of Judah heard these things, they came up from the king's house to the Lord's house, and they sat in the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house. Then the priests and the prophets spoke to the princes and to all the people, saying, This man is worthy of death, for he has prophesied against this city, as you have heard with your ears. Then Jeremiah spoke to all the princes and to all the people, saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against this city all the words that you have heard. Now therefore... Amend your ways and your doings, and obey the Lord your God's voice. Then the Lord will relent from the evil that he has pronounced against you. But as for me, behold, I am in your hand. Do with me what is good and right in your eyes. Only know for certain that, if you put me to death, you will bring innocent blood on yourselves, on this city, and on its inhabitants. For in truth, the Lord has sent me to you to speak all these words in your ears. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. When mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. The epistle is written in the fifth chapter of Ephesians beginning at the first verse. Brothers, be therefore imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love, even as Christ also loved us and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling fragrance. But sexual immorality and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be mentioned among you, as become saints, nor filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor crude jesting, which are not appropriate, but rather giving of thanks. Know this for sure, that no sexually immoral person, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an adulterer, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, 
the wrath of God comes to the children of disobedience. Therefore, don't be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but are now light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
Unto thee lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus was casting out a demon, and it was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. Others, testing him, sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. A house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul. But if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I, by God's finger, cast out demons, then God's kingdom has come to you. When the strong man, fully armed, guards his own dwelling, his goods are safe. But when someone stronger attacks him and overcomes him, he takes from him his whole armor in which he trusted and divides his plunder. He that is not with me is against me. He who doesn't gather with me scatters. The unclean spirit, when he has gone out of the man, passes through dry, waterless places, seeking rest. And finding none, he says, I will turn back to my house from which I came out. When he returns, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes seven other spirits more evil than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. The last state of that man becomes worse than the first. It came to pass, as he said these things, a certain woman out of the multitude lifted up her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts which nursed you. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Rend your heart and not your garments and turn unto the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, for he is gracious and merciful. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, for he is gracious and merciful.
Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mary, the mother of our Lord, after she came to Elizabeth in the visitation, said, My soul magnifies the Lord. He has looked on the humble estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And she's not wrong. We see this today. Even generations in her day began to call her blessed. We hear this in the gospel lesson. As Jesus is teaching, a woman raises her voice and says, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you nursed. Now, this woman, this woman in the crowd, what she has seen is her Lord bringing her salvation against all evil. And as she sees her Lord bring salvation, notice who she blesses. Not just Christ, although that's implied. She's blessing Christ as well. But here, she blesses Mary. And when we hear this woman speak in such a way, and how she blesses Mary, well, it's kind of difficult not to ask, is this the first Hail Mary? It sounds kind of like what the woman is saying. And what this woman says Compare it to what Elizabeth says to Mary. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. That doesn't sound too different from blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that which you nursed, does it? Now, what would prompt this woman in the crowd to proclaim such a thing as Jesus was teaching? Well, Luke tells us what this woman has seen. He says at the beginning of the gospel, now Jesus was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. Now such a miracle would have been amazing to witness. And indeed, the woman, as part of the people, the crowd here, would have marveled as well. But this alone isn't why she rose her voice. Luke continues, but some of the people said, He casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. And then others were tempting our Lord to perform a sign from heaven. They were tempting him, just like the devil tempted our Lord in the wilderness. In fact, it's fair to say that here, the devil is working through the crowds to tempt our Lord in demanding a sign, just like when he demanded a sign from our Lord to turn stones into bread. And what the, wo what the woman is watching throughout all this is our Lord doing battle with Satan. First, take a look at this. First, demons are attacking this man, making him mute. Then Christ attacks by forcing the demon to flee and freeing the man to talk. Then the devil here tests our Lord through blasphemy and temptations. And see how our Lord fights back from that. After some said our Lord exercises demons by Beelzebul, and Beelzebul itself means Lord of the Flies, or that is, Master of the Demons, and then also as some tempted him, our Lord, knowing their thoughts and the evil working in their hearts, says, says something very obvious, which is, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, 
and a divided household falls. <laughs> it's really common sense stuff what he's saying here. What kingdom or nation in world history was able to stand when divided? What nation could stand in a civil war or through coups or revolution? Such a kingdom, such a nation simply cannot stand. It's torn apart. Likewise, which marriage or family survives where a husband and wife are constantly divided against themselves? Such marriages cannot stand. Such houses collapse if husband and wife are not on the same side. So then, if Jesus were in the kingdom of Beelzebul, if he was under the ruler of demons, Satan himself, why would Jesus be casting out demons and not helping them instead? If Jesus were working in the power of Beelzebul, why would he liberate the mute man so he could speak? It would make no sense. And so our Lord continues, saying, If I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. What Jesus is doing is laying out two possibilities of who he is. The first is the one mentioned by the crowd, that he casts out demons by Beelzebul. But as we saw, as Jesus said, that's impossible, because a house divided cannot stand. So what they're thinking, that he works under the power of Beelzebul, is impossible by what they just witnessed. The second alternative, the second way that this could be is that he casts out demons by the finger of God, that is, the Holy Spirit. And if he casts out demons by the finger of God, and this has to be the, what they have witnessed, well, then what does that mean for who he is? It means he is the prophet greater than Moses. He's the heavenly king. He stands before them, and the kingdom of God in the flesh of Christ has come upon them. See how our Lord counters the devil's blasphemies and temptations. He does so by pointing to his battling Beelzebul, the king of demons, and in that shows himself as a very different king, a heavenly king, having come by the womb and breasts of Mary. But our Lord isn't finished battling the devil here yet. He continues instead with a parable. He says, When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. Notice who, he, notice who our Lord is speaking about here. He's speaking about Beelzebul, the prince of demons, who sits in his palace of this world, who is the strong man. He conquered Adam and Eve and brought them into his image. And by the fall of mankind, Beelzebul became fully armed, not just with the sinful flesh of men, but also with the sin and death which he uses to reign his palace with terror. When mankind fell, when God brought his curse to man and woman and handed them over into the devil's kingdom, then all of mankind found himself in the palace of the strong man. That's what Christ means by the strong man's goods. His goods are all of mankind. They were you and me. When we were conceived in our mother's womb, we were conceived in sin in the palace of the strong man. We were sinful even when we first nursed at our mother's breasts. And Beelzebul is the strong man. Indeed, he is because as he is equipped with our sinful flesh, the world and death, 
There's no hope for us. And we see him using these weapons, this armor, if you will, in Christ's temptation. The devil showed him all the kingdoms of the world that was his to give away, and he wasn't wrong because the world is his. And if the world is his, what chance then did we have on our own against him in the world? None. There was no, there is no revolution, no escape, no coup, no civil war that we could have tried that would have ended this reign of the strong man or led us to escape his power. And we feel his terror even in his palace now, don't we? How many of us have suffered an addiction? Alcohol, drugs, maybe pornography? Or if not an addiction, how many of us suffer sin which we just can't seem to stop committing? Maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's stealing big or small things. Maybe it's lies. White lies or big lies. Looking lustfully at someone that isn't our spouse. Even just trying to avoid looking at our neighbor's bigger house or nicer car or maybe the boat sitting in his driveway can make feelings of envy and jealousy seem unavoidable. Many times it seems as if the man with the mute demon had a better chance to talk on his own than we have of breaking free of these sins ourselves. And when we commit those sins, there's the strong man, smiling, reminding us of whose kingdom this world belongs to. And so we have felt the terror of our flesh, but not just that, also the terror of the world, where we live in a Western culture that once felt Christian, or at least was friendly to Christians. And now suddenly, over a generation, it's difficult to speak about our faith and beliefs, especially when it comes to speaking about God's created order, of sexuality, marriage, and home, or speaking of God's justice that he desires the government which he put in place to apply justice to all people the same. It's hard to speak about those things because if we dare want to live our lives by our faith in public or at work or anywhere outside of home or church, then who knows if we speak up where cancellation will come from or where pressures will come from. And so it's difficult. And as if that weren't enough, every day the strong man reminds us we're also mortal. That our lives are nothing more than a fleeting breath and death, death is nigh for all of us. It's possible at any moment. The strong man hangs the reality of our of our mortality above our heads like a dark cloud so that our flesh trembles at the thought of the grave and our anxieties rise as we think of what would happen if we should die. We ask ourselves, who would take care of my children if I died? How would they grow up without a mother or, or a father or a grandparent? How will my husband or wife cope if I were to die? Who would take care of my parents as we consider our mortality, our anxieties rise as we ask ourselves those questions. Such was life in the palace of the strong man who is fully armed. Because fully armed with sinful flesh, the world, death, his possessions were safe. Under his reign of terror, we in ourselves would have had no way to escape. 
that was our reality under the strong man. But Jesus doesn't end the parable there. He says, but when a but when a man stronger than him attacks him and overcomes him, then the stronger man takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Christ is showing himself to be that stronger man. It's all about this battle between the stronger man and the strong man, between Christ and Satan. In this battle with Satan, our Lord here reminds him of the whooping that he gave him in the wilderness. That's what he's doing in this passage. Christ here is pointing to the mute man who can now speak and shows the crowd and shows Satan that Christ himself is the stronger man. He is the stronger king. When our Lord came into this world by the womb and the breasts of Mary, his incarnation brought hope not only because he was there coming to us as the Son of God incarnate, but also because his incarnation is the great invasion. In this divine invasion, our Lord disarms the strong man. When our Lord was tempted by the hunger of his flesh, and also the devil to turn the stones into bread, our Lord disarmed the strong man by showing his flesh was not sinful. Satan had no power over it. When our Lord was tempted by the devil, offering to him all the kingdoms of this world in all their glory, our Lord there again disarmed that strong man by taking away the world and worshiping the Father only took away the armor of Satan. And now here in this passage, as our Lord battles Satan through the blasphemies and temptations of this crowd, the stronger man shows he is not finished. He's not finished disarming the strong man from the one piece of armor, the one weapon he has left. Death. Jesus shows he's going to come after that as well. So in his incarnation, our Lord in his passions, in his passion takes all the beatings the devil had to offer in that armor of death. As the devil hit our Lord with betrayal of one of his own, still our Lord was stronger as he received that betraying kiss. As the devil hit our Lord with his own people, striking him and spitting on him and accusing him of blasphemy, Still, our Lord was stronger as he sat there silently. As the devil hit our Lord with a crown of thorns, a purple robe, and Gentiles mocking him and blaspheming him. And as he saw a criminal released ahead of him, or instead of him, still our Lord was stronger as he stood there before the crowds yelling, Crucify him! As the devil hit our Lord again with scourging and whippings and stripes over his whole body as he bled, as our Lord was forced to carry his own cross up Golgotha with a trail of blood, still our Lord was stronger. As the devil hit our Lord with insults and mockeries and blasphemies while the nails were driven into his hands and as the Father forsook him, Still, our Lord was stronger than the strong man. 
as our Lord yelled out, It is finished, as he gave up his final breath. In that moment, our Lord ripped the weapon of death away from the devil and disarmed him completely. By death, the Lord disarmed the devil (laughs) with his weapon of death. As our Lord was laid in the grave, there he rested on the holy Sabbath with the devil laying at his feet in hell, the devil completely disarmed, hands tied behind his back, powerless, and with his head crushed for all of hell to see as our Lord celebrated his victory there. As our Lord was risen from the dead, he rose with his kingdom established on earth. His invasion set to spread like wildfire from the cross, as the strong man was helpless to stop it and still is. So the strong man stands there powerless, head crushed, seeing his goods are no longer safe. The woman in the crowd Here's our Lord. She sees this cosmic battle taking place between our Lord and Satan, and that's what makes her proclaim, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed, because she sees the strength of this stronger man. So surely, she thinks, the woman who bore this man must also be blessed in such strength. Blessed is she, she thinks. And our Lord, he doesn't deny Mary is blessed. She is indeed blessed most among women because she bears the flesh of Christ. And all generations continue to call her blessed because in that there is no doubt. But this woman missed something else that Elizabeth said. Elizabeth said, blessed is she, blessed is Mary, who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. In other words, yes, Mary was blessed. Not because of anything in herself, not because of any strength in herself, but because of God's word which came to her. That's why Mary was blessed. Because God's word came to her and began the invasion of the devil's kingdom in her womb. That's why Jesus also said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. That is, blessed are those who, like Mary, receive the word of God in all humility and keep it, who treasure it in their hearts. Because this is how God's kingdom continues to invade. It's by his word. By the word and the waters of baptism, you were taken by the stronger man from the kingdom of the devil to the kingdom of God. You escaped the strong man because the stronger man saved you. So Christ says, again, blessed are those who hear the word of God. In other words, blessed are those who are baptized. And he continues, blessed are those who keep the word of God. That is, blessed are those who are baptized and remain in their baptism under lifelong catechesis. 
for those who receive the word of God and reject it. And to the house of their body will return demons seven times as evil. But for those who receive the word of God and keep it, who hear his word preached, who meditate on it and pray every day, who receive the Lord's sacrament to their forgiveness, to strengthen them in the world of the strong man. There the Holy Spirit has taken up permanent residence in the house of their body, making it his temple. And Christ takes up permanent residence in their heart. So when the demons return, they may torment such a person, But the stronger man keeps them out. Such are those who are are with Christ, who will be kept with him, never to be scattered, but rather to be gathered to him on the last day. Yes, blessed is Mary indeed. And blessed too are we who, like her, hear the word of God and keep it. For we are those who have been won in the war of Christ, the King of heaven and earth, over the devil, who has been disposed and will be judged. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with the creed and the prayer. I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We beseech you, Almighty God, look upon the hearty desires of your humble servants and stretch forth the right hand of your majesty to be our defense against all our enemies. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, hear us. God the Father in heaven, have mercy. God the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy. Be gracious to us. Spare us, good Lord. Be gracious to us. Help us, good Lord. From all sin, good Lord, deliver us. From all error, good Lord, deliver us. From all evil, good Lord, deliver us. From the crafts and assaults of the devil, from sudden and evil death, from pestilence and famine, from war and bloodshed, from sedition and from rebellion, from lightning and tempest, from all calamity by fire and water, and from everlasting death. Good Lord, deliver us. By the mystery of your holy incarnation, help us, good Lord. By your holy nativity, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, 
by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, by your glorious resurrection and ascension, by the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, in all time of our tribulation, in all time of our prosperity, in the hour of death, and in the day of judgment. Help us, good Lord. We poor sinners implore you to hear us, O Lord. To rule and govern your holy Christian church, we implore you to hear us, good Lord. To preserve all pastors and ministers of your church in the true knowledge and understanding of your word and in holiness of life. To put an end to all schisms and causes of offense. To bring into the way of truth all who have erred and are deceived. To beat down Satan under our feet. To send faithful laborers into your harvest. To accompany your word with your spirit and grace. To raise those who fall and to strengthen those who stand. And to comfort and help the weak-hearted and the distressed. We implore you to hear us, good Lord to give all nations peace and concord, to preserve our land from discord and strife, to give our country your protection in every time of need, to direct and defend our President Joseph and all in authority, to bless and protect our magistrates and all our people. We implore you to hear us, good Lord, to watch over and help all who are in danger necessity, and tribulation, to protect and guide all who travel, to preserve all women in the perils of childbirth, to increase the happiness of all mothers with infant children in their blessings, to defend and provide for all fatherless children and widows, to strengthen and keep all sick persons and young children, to free those in bondage and those innocently imprisoned, and to have mercy upon all men. We implore you to hear us, good Lord. To forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and to turn their hearts. To give and preserve for our use the kindly fruits of the earth, and graciously to hear our prayers. We implore you to hear us, good Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, we implore you to hear us. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, have mercy. Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, grant us your peace. O Christ, hear us. O Lord, have mercy. O Christ, have mercy. O Lord, have mercy. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, do not deal with us according to our sins. Do not reward us according to our iniquities. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you desire not the death of a sinner, but rather that we turn from our evil ways and live. 
graciously spare us those punishments which we by our sins have deserved, and grant us always to serve you in holiness and pureness of living. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and purge away our sins for your name's sake. Almighty and everlasting God, since you govern and sanctify the whole Christian Church by your Holy Spirit, hear our prayers for all her saints. Mercifully grant that, by your grace, we may serve you in true faith. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. Spare us, O Lord, and mercifully forgive us our sins. Though by our continual transgressions we have merited your chastisements, be gracious to us. Grant that all these punishments which we have deserved may not come upon us, but that all things may work to our everlasting good. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen.
Thank you for joining us on this Matins podcast. We pray that the word of the Lord that you heard here continues to bless you not only today, but also throughout the rest of this week. We'll be back next Sunday with the fourth Sunday in Lent, which is about the midway point in Lent. But we'll also be back before that this Wednesday evening as we continue our midweek Lenten series, The Lord's Prayer and the Lord's Passion, where we will hear in our Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and see how that shows itself in our Lord's Passion in Luke. So we'll be back on Wednesday about 6.15. We'll post that podcast on Wednesday evening. In the music for this podcast, the canticles are sung by our own Tom Rutt and Lois Morris. The office hymn, the hymn of the day, is from Lutheran Tacoma, used by special permission from them. And all other hymnity is from smallchurchmusic.com. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church in Spencer or at CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this service, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for these podcasts or would like to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses at the top of the bulletin, which is included in a link with this podcast. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.